Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Cameron Harold. He is coming back to our program from one of his previous episodes. Cameron is the mastermind behind hundreds of companies' exponential growth and has earned his reputation as the business growth guru. He has built a dynamic consultancy with clients that include uh, a monarchy and big four wireless company. He's the author of six books with a seventh on the way. He's a top-rated international speaker. He's spoken on all seven continents. He's the founder of the COO Alliance, uh, and he also has a world's leading network for seconds in command. Uh, so if you're le- wanting to recruit a COO, if you have a COO and you're looking to help them level up and make them even a, a better performer in your company, if you're not even sure what a COO is, uh, we'll be talking about all of that in much more uh, on today's episode. Cameron, welcome to the program, man. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. So, um, you know, for our, our guests, right, I mean, I think that you've you've been on the program before. I think that if people Google you, they can probably find out plenty of backstory on on, on where you come from. But I, I really want to dig into, you know, I mean, your, your new book coming out is, is Second in Command. And I think that this is like a topic that entrepreneurs can learn a lot more about because I think as an entrepreneur, having somebody that can actually help you like keep your crazy ideas organized and help you execute and help you scale your business is um, is not just like necessary, but it's like critical. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you on, on this topic. You know this way more than me, but like, you know, what was the the catalyst for you in, in getting this book out there? Sure. Well, I have a podcast called the Second in Command Podcast. And then I've, I've interviewed about 245 very high level second in commands. And then I've also run the COO Alliance for the last six years. Two of the founding members were COOs of very large digital marketing agencies as well. And those kind of, I guess, two experiences over the six-year period have given me a base of knowledge and IP that I just wanted to share. Um, I also had played the second-in-command role. I was the COO for a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and I scaled them from 14 employees to 3,100 employees in six years, left that company 16 years ago, and since then I've been working behind the scenes coaching CEOs and COOs from large companies all over the world. I even coached the second-in-command at Sprint. So it was just based on that kind of you know, years of experience and years of IP and wanting to create this content and put it out there. And I also realized that in many cases, there's a lot of groups and communities for entrepreneurs, right? There's you know, YPO and EO and all these great mastermind communities for entrepreneurs of organizations and, and even of, of industry-specific organizations. And then we've got organizations for marketers and lawyers and engineers and doctors and everything. But there was really no strong organization for second-in-commands, nor was there any real good quality content for them. 
And we saw that there's a real distinct difference between the um, the mindsets and the personality profiles of CEOs and COOs. So I just wanted to codify that and kind of give that out there as almost a cheat sheet to help entrepreneurial organizations scale. Is there like a, a chapter on like how to deal with like CEO personalities? I feel like yeah. that's that's just like a huge part of like, you know, like, like you know, they got these visionaries, they want to conquer the world in like in 30 days, you know, and then like one of the challenges is like, okay, cool, that's awesome. But now we actually have to do that, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a great, a great example of that that I cover in the book. And it's, you know, let's say a CEO or an entrepreneur goes off to a, an industry event for three or four oh, days. Yeah. They come back with all these amazing pages and pages of great ideas. And in one minute, they hand off this massive project. But they spent like six hours learning about it or three hours learning about it or an hour learning about it. They, they hand it off in one minute to some bewildered second in command who's supposed to understand and run with it. So I teach the COO to say to the entrepreneur, I love your idea. Let me ask you three or four questions to catch up and understand it even more, which gets the entrepreneur to go talk about it. You can even walk and talk and let them think out loud and walk and talk about the idea. The entrepreneur thinks, okay, you like my idea. That's great. Right. And your questions aren't arguing with me or debating me. It's simply to understand me. And then after you ask them some questions, you say, I love that idea. Now, quick question. Do you want us to start it now? In which case, which of our current 10 projects should we bump? Because we don't have enough people, time and money to do it. Or should we, you know, yellow light it and maybe start it next quarter or third quarter? So you kind of use this green, yellow and red light traffic, um, you know, system to, to start or hold their projects. And then you keep them in a safe container where they understand their idea is almost out of their head. And I teach the CEOs or COOs that the CEO's brain is almost like a hard drive and it gets full and they need to get some of the things out of their brain to allow their brain to keep working on more ideas. So uh, yeah, I talk about that a fair bit in the book. Yeah. Hey, what's up agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So what's like, um, I guess at what size of a business should uh, an entrepreneur, and I'm thinking for our agency owner audience out there, probably a lot of them are single founders. Maybe there's two people, right? So it's like, who's first in command? Who's second in command? Was it a partnership? Like, I'm interested to hear about that. But like, at what point should somebody be thinking, okay, you know, I probably need a second in command. I need somebody that's going to help me to grow this business to the next level. Great question. The, the first thing that every single person or CEO or entrepreneur needs to ask themselves when they're ready to hire that second in command is, do I have an executive assistant? Right? If you don't have an executive assistant, you are one. And the first core person I want you to hire to get a bunch of stuff off your plate is an EA. To get all the minimum wage, pain in the ass things off your plate, which frees up your time to work in your area of unique ability, to work in your area of expertise, to work on the bigger kind of higher project, higher bandwidth projects. Then when all of a sudden you've got all the administrative off your plate and your plate is still full and you recognize you don't have time to grow people, you don't have time to work with people, 
you don't have time to remove obstacles or to think, that's when you need the true second in command. And it might be a director of operations, it might be a VP of operations, it might be a president or a COO. You put the title based on the roles and responsibilities and the compensation in place. But that's really the timing is when you just have so much stuff that you're working on that is high level that you don't really have time to grow and develop and mentor and align and remove obstacles from your leadership or management team. Mm, that's good. That's good. And then I like the, because I can imagine a lot of like agencies, they might just need like a kind of an operations assistant, right? Somebody that kind of like, you know, it's not like somebody coming in with like a, you know, mid six figure salary looking for equity, but somebody that maybe has like, you know, that can, that's, that's not maybe a few notches above an EA, right? They can kind of handle maybe some, some business management stuff as well as like get stuff done, manage projects and kind of run with the team up to maybe if an agency is doing 10 million a year, you know, maybe that role starts to become something different. I mean, hopefully those businesses already have a good second in command. So like for somebody who maybe already has one, you know, what are some things that they might be looking at to know whether it's like working for them or not? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of numbers that everybody who's listening will understand. So um, it's, I call it the ones and threes. You know, when you have one employee, three employees, 10, 30, 100, 300, or if you're at 100,000 in revenue, 300,000 in revenue, a million in revenue, 3 million in revenue, 10 million, 30 million, 100 million, everything changes, okay? When you're at the kind of the 1 million to 3 million or the, the 3 to 10 employees, you now have an employee who's managing people that don't report to you anymore. When you go from 10 to 30 employees or in the 3 to $10 million range, you're usually now managing a management team. When you go from the 30 employees to 100 or from the 10 million to 30 million, you're managing a leadership team. The difference between a management team and a leadership team is the leadership team tends to be strategic. They tend to have done what you need them to do before. They've led teams, they've grown people, they've built companies. A management team is often a group of people that have been promoted from within, sometimes hired from the outside. You're kind of managing a bunch of people that are jack of all trades, master of none, that are you know, trying their best, working super hard, but they've never truly done it before. And that's a real moving point. Uh, you know, a tipping point in the organization is when you can transfer from a management team to a leadership team. I even launched a course two years ago called Invest in Your Leaders as a way for companies to grow their managers, to grow the skills, the leadership skills of people so that they can then lead the organization. But when you then have that team in place of strong leaders, that allows the CEO to really step back in the organization. But you need to have the 10 to 30 million to be able to afford those people, right? When I was the COO at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, again, I left there 15 years ago, my comp 15 years ago was 300 plus. So if I was getting paid 300 grand 15 years ago, that's around 750 today. I was a true COO of a real company, but it was also the fourth company that I built. Right, I'd done this before. So I had proven competency. I had the right behavioral traits. And the CEO, Brian, was my best man at my wedding three months before I started working for him. We had a bit of an unfair advantage. <laughs> so, but but still, like, I mean, you obviously you had a you you started at 1800 Got Junk at a very I mean, the business wasn't as big, right? I mean, obviously it was oh. it was very small. Um, yeah. For them to have brought in a COO, but then you stayed with them for for uh, a good deal of time. Yeah, is that like? 
I get. I mean, I, I assume you would think that like having a CEO is a very necessary position. I mean, do you see businesses ever operate without that kind of COO, where the CEO is kind of playing that role? Yeah, let's let's go title agnostic yeah. for a second, and let's not call it a COO, which is even why I called the book the Second in Command. Mm. Is the Second in Command might be a CFO, it might be a CMO, it might be a CTO. It's really who is the second in command person to the CEO. Right. So if the CEO is sick for six months, who's running the business? Who's there kind of calling the shots? Who's making the tough decisions, confronting the brutal facts? Sheryl Sandberg was COO of Facebook. But then you have Harley Shop or Harley Finkelstein from Shopify, I think operates more under the CMO title than the CFO or COO title. So it really depends. But you definitely need to have that right hand person almost to be the two in the box, right? Where behind the leadership team veil, separate from the leadership team, separate from the board, two people are actually talking and confronting the brutal facts together. The CEO needs someone privately to tell them where they're screwing up. They need to tell somebody privately where they think they're they're making mistakes or not, not being focused. But that shouldn't be re- really be done in front of the entire leadership team because then it breaks down the trust in this iconic person that we're supposed to have you know, that true faith in. I think that's where that almost, it's almost like a, in a traditional marriage, the mom and dad, you know, mom and dad are supposed to fight and argue and debate, but not in front of the kids. They're supposed to do that to build a better family and to build, you know, stronger core values and growth. And, and but they're supposed to then in front of the children be this force, you know, together that is like strong and united to, right. That's kind of where I see that second in command being so powerful as well. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of things like for people that have a COO or maybe are thinking about it, I mean, what are the types of things that they would make that person accountable for? I mean, I know it's going to be different for every business, but like generally kind of what are some of the things that the second in command would focus on that maybe the CEO of the company or the owner or the founder would, um, you know, kind of delegate or, you know, relinquish or let go of the vine to? Yeah, and what you just touched on is so critical is that it is absolutely different for every single company. Now, that's not the same for a CFO, right? Every single company that is a CFO, for the most part, CFOs do the same thing. CMOs do the same thing. Head of sales do the same thing for the most part. The COO or the second command leads and manages all the areas that the CEO sucks at or drains the CEO of energy. So in my case at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, I did not lead IT, I did not lead finance, but I led sales and marketing and PR and operations at one point, franchise sales, the call center, franchise operations, our corporate locations, those all reported to me. I have 30% of our COO Alliance members have finance report to them. Finance didn't report to me. I have 30% of our CEO Alliance members that IT report to them. IT didn't report to me. If you look again at Harley Finkelstein at Shopify, he's a very outward-facing PR spokesperson, biz dev, you know, the media knows Harley COO. If you look at Eric Church, who's now the current COO at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and has been for the last 10 years, no one knows him because he's very inward-facing. He's very inward in the organization. He doesn't want to have anything to do with the public or with the press or with speaking events. He's very, and, and he's running a $450 million business. Like he's a, I could never do what his, he's doing. And he could have never done the first 10 or, you know, six years where I was COO. So it really depends. So what the CEO needs to think of is what am I good at? 
what feeds me with energy and how do I delegate everything except genius and find somebody who loves those areas that won't get involved in my areas? And then how do you build that trust and strong communication and strong relationship with that person so you are very much that two in the box? It's kind of like my wife and I. I She hates cooking. I love cooking. It's kind of cool, right? Because I love... And she likes cleaning up. I can't stand cleaning up. So it's kind of cool. But in other relationships, you've got maybe the wife likes to cook and the guy likes to clean or whatever. What are some examples of ways to foster a better relationship with your second command? Or if you're in a second command position with, uh, with your counterpart in the first in command position? I wish I could say I briefed you on this interview too, because you're asking <laughs> some great questions. It's very similar to a relationship. You know, this, the, the husband and wife need to go and have date night. They need to get out of the house and be alone together and go away on vacations together. They need to do stuff that is fun together. You know, so the CEO and COO need to get out of the office together and work off-site once a week. They need to have a one-hour meeting by themselves once a week to get reset. They need to have some activities that they like to do together to be there as friends and build relationship and trust. They need to also be able to fight and argue in a safe, quiet place without the employees listening. So as an example, again, Brian and I at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, we used to do what I called walk and talk. I would just grab and say, let's walk and talk. And we would either walk around the building or we'd walk down to get a coffee or we'd go to walk to the park. We used to go for runs twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday mornings. We'd go for 10K runs at 6.30 in the morning. We used to work off-site once a week on Fridays or Thursdays at the Arbutus Club and we'd sit with our laptops, sometimes six feet away and never talk. Other times we'd be jabbering all day long, just sitting, working, doing our own work, but at least being away from the day-to-day, being away from the rest of the team and staying in sync and building trust and building relationships. And those are critical for every CEO and second-in-command. Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white-label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white-label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white-label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e2msolutions.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. What are things that, um, like areas where people might end up in in conflict, right? Like what are some of those those places where like, uh, uh, I'm just thinking to, uh, I actually ended up buying my business partner out of the business. Uh, we did have many good years. We were partners for 20 years. You know, we definitely were partners, but I was kind of more the, the visionary kind of CEO in, in the role. And I was, you know, he was more the operations kind of guy. But we definitely, like, we had our, our moments. Uh, you know, obviously the partnership after 23 years eventually ended. But yeah, what are, what are some common, like, pitfalls or areas where, like, conflict might be able to be avoided? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you one big one. And it's at every stage or at almost in every company, at some point, the relationship comes to an end. Mm. Um, or it comes to a transfer. And I think this is where it's slightly different. You know, some relationships can last forever. I've got a good friend of mine, my age, he's been married to his wife for 30 years. 
I'm on my third wife. I, I didn't have that same success. I didn't understand that it would ever be like that with me, but I don't look at either of my marriages as failures. I look at them as chapters. At 1-800-GOT-JUNK, I was the perfect COO for the first six and a half years. I would have been horrible to go from 100 million to a billion. I took them from 2 million to 106 million. I would have been horrible from the 100 million to 450. Eric, who's the current COO, would have been terrible for the first six and a half years. He didn't have the franchise opportunity experience. He didn't have the outward facing. He didn't have the kind of cult of leadership that was needed there. But at some point, Brian, the CEO, sat me down and said, I think we're done. Right? That's a huge conflict to have to work through as to how do you tell your best friend, the guy who, who you were best man at his wedding three months before he started to help you build his company, the guy who's, you know, who's had all this media accolades about what he's done and then say, I think we're done. And it was the right decision. So you have that, right? The, the, the transition period. You also have the conflict around debate on, on ideas and on strategy. And I think the COO needs to remember that it is the CEO's company, that you are there to make them iconic. You're there to make them look good. You're there to grow their business. And they're there to shine the spotlight on you. So it's always remembering to have the good debate. And I've always said, I'll always argue to be heard, but I'll never argue to be right. Right? I, I just want you to hear my opinion, and then I can sit back and you can make the decision after that. And that was where Brian and I were really good on. Right, so I think those are probably core areas to keep out, keep an eye open for. Well, Cameron, I think this is this has been awesome, man. I'm excited for the book. I've loved your other works. I know we've got a lot of fans of yours that are listeners of this show. So, so we'll talk more about how people can find the book uh, when it's available or now that it's available. Uh, you got a quick second for our lightning round? Absolutely. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, my dad, when I was 16, told me I would never be smart enough to figure this out on my own and that my R&D had to stand for ripoff and duplicate, that a million companies had already spent billions of dollars figuring it out. Just do what they're doing. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? My tenacity. I'm just like a fucking dog with a bone, <laughs> man. I will just go after it. I will, I will go over, under, around any obstacle put in my way when I have a goal. Can you share an internet resource or a tool or app that you are using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? Captera is a really interesting one for just researching different software tools. It, it actually does all the research for you and compares different software platforms if you're looking at you know anything. And then obviously the chat GPT, right? The open, open.ai is blowing my mind right now. My executive assistant and I are working on a fun book right now called Grandmotherisms, and we're using uh, Open.ai to write 95% of the book, bro. <laughs> uh, speaking of books, what book would you recommend besides one of your own and why? I would recommend that everyone read a book called Endurance. It's by Albert Lansing. It's about Ernest Shackleton's exploration down to the Antarctic. It is an incredible story. It's got some spectacular leadership lessons. And it was enough of a book that I read 30 years ago that I've been obsessed with the Antarctic. And I was recently there last January. I went down with 65 CEOs. And I was actually paid to do a speaking event while I was in Antarctic. So I've now been paid to speak on all seven continents. I, I was I was wondering if uh, if if you had gone on that Antarctic trip and that's how you got your, your seventh continent. So congrats on, uh, yeah. on that. So... This is actually this is actually water. I'm wearing a, a vial of water around my neck from Antarctica. Nice, very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, we will link out to uh, endurance as well as Captera on our show notes. You can find that at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. 
If you're listening to this week of, you'll see Cameron's photo at the top. Just click on him. You'll get tools, takeaways, tips, links, all that good stuff, all in one place at yougurus.com slash podcast. Cameron, how can folks learn more about you? What, what do you have that they can check out? Yeah, all of my books are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Definitely check out the Second Command book and then check out my course, investinyourleaders.com. And then if any of the uh, people on the call are running agencies larger than 5 million or revenue, check out the COO Alliance to get your Second in Command growing as well. Awesome. Well, we will link out to all of your books. So if you're interested in the Second Command or one of Cameron's other books, check that out, yougurus.com slash podcast. We'll also link out to investinleaders.com as well as the COO Alliance and Cameron's social media profiles. So if you want to become a super fan of Mr. Cameron Harold, check out yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Cameron, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Appreciate it, Brent. Thanks so much for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. That's the word freedom to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.